This is Power Players with Dan Clark. This is a podcast interview with Olympic gold medalist speed skater Eric Hyden. Welcome to Power Players with Dan Clark, former athlete, Hall of Fame speaker, New York Times bestselling author, and high performance coach. Where each and every week I bring you an inspiring message from an extraordinary human being who will share their secrets on how you can tap into your personal power to become everything you were born to be. Thanks for spending some time with me today. In this episode, Eric Hyden, who set five world records and won five U.S. Olympic gold medals in speed skating, shares his life and rise to the top of his sport, giving us an inside glimpse of how his discipline, focus, desire, and practice regimen not only made him a world champion skater and bike racer, but it was the foundation for him becoming a world-class orthopedic surgeon. In fact, on a personal note, he was a major influence in my recovery from my 14 months of a paralyzing injury that cut short my football career. Welcome to my program, Eric. Thank you so much for joining us. You're welcome, Dan. You know, I uh, I I was paralyzed uh, playing football, and as I started to get better, I was asked to speak. And between 1983 and 1989, I was the guy that took Mrs. Reagan's Just Say No program to all 50 states, so I became a motivational speaker. And my flagship story was about Eric Hyden. And you and I have never shaken hands. We've never met belly to belly. But I know more about you than anyone you will ever know. And I tear up in all reality having you. (laughs) This is so goofy. Having you on my show. Because 1980, brother, I was still battling back for my paralysis. And your story inspired me like you. (laughs) Sorry cannot believe so people don't think i'm a blubbering idiot let's just get right to the interview so there's three p's i talked about in the in the introduction brother passion and prepare and pursuit yeah so i've waited decades to ask you how did you find your passion not just for speed skating not just for long track skating but passion for excellence in everything you do. It sounds like you've been a power player since DNA. Yeah, you know, I think um, when you look at people who are successful, I think you're right. There is a passion that they have that results in them having a drive that sort of is beyond what the average person um, has. And for me, the passion was... Uh, I mean, there's a couple of different things that were that I was passionate about, uh, and and still I'm passionate about today, which is I think one of the reasons why you know I've uh, pursued things that are I think pretty pretty unique, you know, to be a top speed skater, top cyclist, and also you know to get into into uh, medicine. But you know, passion uh, for as an athlete, I wanted to know what my physical limits were. I was not so concerned about results, how it compared to everybody else. But in speed skating, basically you race the clock so you know how how fast you're going. And I was passionate about knowing if, how fast I could be 
as a speed skater. Cycling was kind of the same thing. I was passionate about figuring out what my physical abilities are, and it's the same thing with medicine. I'm passionate about it because I want to think that I can probably become the best doctor and at the challenge every day. Okay, so another interesting fact is that your sister Beth is also a power player, won a bronze medal in speed skating, and was women's world road race cycling champion also in 1980. So yeah. there's got to be something going on in the Hyden household. Teach us from a parenting perspective, yeah. from an individual perspective, how do we help our children? How do we help ourselves first and foremost identify that passion yeah. and then keep fuel on the fire? You've got something you, unique to teach us from just growing up in your home. Yeah, no, I, you know, as you said, my sister, she was a good athlete. And I think some of it, uh, you know, the, the you think about the sports that the two of us got into and ha- got good at our endurance sport. So I think, you, you know, we had the DNA so we could be physiologically good endurance athletes. But then you got to have the good, great environment. Uh, and I, I think we were lucky in having grown up in an environment where athletics was an important part of um, family outings. My grandfather was a coach at the University of Wisconsin in hockey and lived on a lake, so there was always a pond that was cleared off that we could skate on. Um, and then we were, you know, our, our parents were good. They were really, they were very supportive of getting us to practices. Um, they uh, were very willing to step back and not become sort of, uh, gosh, you know, the bleacher parents who just go off on coaches and, and referees. No, they were good about standing back and letting the coach coach and referees referee. And they exposed us to a lot of different activities so that we could find what we enjoyed doing. Um, gee, I grew up playing soccer. I played tennis. I ran cross country in high school. I did a little bit of wrestling. I was a swimmer. I was a diver. Um, Cyclists, all kinds of stuff. So we had a chance to sort of identify what we enjoyed, and it wasn't always something that, you know, maybe our parents endorsed, but because we showed an interest in it, they were willing to help us out and make sure that we were able to get to the practices. So, yeah, I think so, a little bit of DNA, but a good environment. So we, uh, you know, I have four children, and we try to raise our children all the same, and then they turn out all different. Yeah. So is there is there a secret? I mean, you you did all these sports, somewhere outdoor sports. You know, I've been to Wisconsin. I, I've been to Madison. I walked out my hotel room in January. I took a deep breath, and my nostrils stuck together. So you you had this passion that drove you inside and outside, rain or shine. When a lot of people would say, "Ah, oh, it's a bad day. I don't feel like training," yeah. you relentlessly went into your indoor facility and kept pursuing this passion. So let's get to the second P, preparation. Who inspired yeah. you to prepare outside of your home, and what did you specifically do mentally and emotionally to prepare yourself for the times you would, you would slip and crash and burn into the wall yeah. or the times that you, your time wasn't what you thought it was supposed to be? How did you prepare yourself, and what did you specifically do outside of your home? No, I think, uh, you know, you have those big three P's, and I think preparation is uh, 
it's fundamental to success. You know, you have to prepare and you have to prepare for um, plan A. Then you got to prepare for plan B and sometimes plan C. And, you know, kind of run through for me, it was rehearsal, you know, walk through the steps of if this happens, okay, this is the next thing that I'm going to prepare to do. And here's the thing I'm going to prepare to do if this plan B doesn't work. And it's one of those things that I think um, I've taken that philosophy into what I do with medicine. You know, in orthopedics, everything is a little different, which makes it a challenge, which means you got to have plan A, which is what the, the book says, and you got to have plan B because sometimes plan A doesn't work and sometimes you have to have plan C. So I think that preparedness and preparation has uh, been a really a fundamental part of my success. Um, so, so that brings up the, 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 the backside of this preparation, the times that I saw Eric Hyden or the times that you, you know, set the Olympic records, broke the world records. Talk about when you failed and what did you do? How did you, how did you deal with failure? Yeah. Uh, mentally, emotionally, and physically, yeah. how did you, how did you get back up and keep going at such a high level? I mean, there's a lot of uh, ways that you battle with lack of success, you know. Um, one is you got to have a coach that you believe in. Um, I had a lot of confidence in my coach, and she knew how to pull all the right uh, switches, flip the right switches when I was down. Uh, for me, it was uh, initially it was sort of self-evaluation, debriefing, what the heck happened. You know, why didn't I perform as well as I did? And it meant sometimes some very sort of introspective soul searching. Um, and then making a plan, you know, that allowed me to then make a plan on that, you know, how to address what I think needed to get fixed. Um, so that's the way, you know, I, I think I'm sort of a very good sort of analytical person. And it comes down to that debriefing after a failure, knowing that you got the opportunity again to, perform it's not the end of the world um and for me i always felt very confident that if you know i put in the preparation and i worked hard and trained hard i would be able to uh you know do if i fail I'd, I'd still have the ability to know what my limits were which i kind of enjoyed doing sure which obviously is how you live your life so give us an inside tour of of a typical training day. And again, I know I just keep bringing it up, but let's specifically dive into how do you train mentally? How do you train in a classroom before you hit the ice? And then how do you train physically so that we listeners who want to be power players understand the grind, the gruel, the discipline, you know, it's so crazy. I know you know it now with sitting in the stands, watching, watching events, sporting events, it's so many people off the cuff just say, ah, oh, man, I'd give anything to be Eric Hyden. I'd give anything to have a gold medal. I'd give anything to have been an orthopedic surgeon. And I want to turn around and say, no, you wouldn't, or you would have already done it. Yeah. So teach us, teach us this, this incredible difference in your mindset, in your self-discipline, in your passion and preparation. No, yeah, it's, um, I mean, a lot of these sports I've been in are, these sports where you have to first you got to work. I mean, 
you got to work hard. There's no way around not being a hard worker and being successful at a, as being a cyclist um, or being a, a speed skater. Those sports, you really have to learn how to, to dig deep. Um, and that's where every day when you, you practice, whether it's dry land training or out um, on the ice, I think it's important that you sort of test your abilities to really push what you sense are your physical limits, at least once during the workout. Um, some of the workouts were you, you pushed your physical limits basically the whole workout. There were days when we would do what we called hill tempos, where we would run up ski hills around the um, Madison area that were probably anywhere from about two to five minutes long, and you are doing an all-out run as hard as you can. Those were hard workouts, and you have to repeat those things a number of times because that's what speed skating is all about. It's really the guy who's willing to suffer the most, and it's not just during that one race, but it's really sort of throughout the, the season with the training. It's probably going to be the best guy, so you got to practice that every day. So then the question is, you know, how do you get psyched up to push yourself to that limit every day? That was, you know, something that was always a challenge, even with the uh, the racing, you know, the challenge, because you got to push yourself to the limit every day. Um, you're racing the clock, and after you race, there's going to be some other guys who are going to know just how fast I have to go because you have already raced. So you're pushing it to the limit. So psychologically, um, it's a tough sport. Cycling kind of the same thing if you're doing a lot of time trials. It's a tough sport because you have to mentally prepare yourself to, pu to push yourself to the limit every time you race. And uh, that means, you know, sometimes having a lot of discussions between your brain and your legs about what is actually going going on. But it's uh, it's those sports are tough. I mean, you're seeing the stuff you see in the Olympics. It is the, the, the tip of the spear. There are a lot of other people who just didn't have that same sort of mental focus and physical ability and willing to train hard. They never make it to that tip. It's a hard tip. <laughs> yeah, it's so, 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 so crucial to talk about that. So, you know, I think it's obvious that we become the average of the five people we associate with the most. So if you hang around with five broke people, you're going to become the sixth. If you hang around with five whining, blaming, complaining people, you're going to become the sixth. Yeah. So the epitome of that, of that quote is we must be willing to pay any price and travel any distance to associate with extraordinary human beings. Teach us about your choice, your proactive choice in choosing friends and associates. Because I know everybody and their dog would probably want to be around you. You know, you're this handsome stud muffin hunk of burning love. Yeah. yeah. And so, so yeah, you just, thanks for weighing in on that. You're, yeah, yeah, yeah. Keep going, Clark. But everybody wants a slice of their kind. Everybody wants to be around you. How do you sit through the wannabes and actually attract the champions in your life? Because surely you didn't just always train by yourself. Didn't you have a community, somebody that could push you when you weren't as, 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 as motivated and somebody that you could push when they weren't as motivated? Or was it really just individual training with your amazing coach? No, you, uh, you know, to be successful, it takes, it takes a community. Um, you, and to be successful at anything, you want to surround yourself with good people, smart people, um, um, and, you know, looking back at people that 
I considered sort of influential in, in what I was doing. One, I would tell you, you know, my sister, she, we lived in the same house. There's times you don't want to get out of bed. You hear the screen door close, and you hear her right away on her bicycle. It's like, I better get out of bed, you know. I can't blow this workout off. Then you got your community of the people that you train with. So growing up in Madison, the speed skating club was um, a pretty strong club, and we had some really good skaters who are dedicated to training. And so that's your community. And um, they push you because some of them are, I mean, they're all very good athletes. And so everybody would push each other pretty much every day. And you felt a sense of uh, wanting and needing to be there to support the community. So um, you want to just, yeah, you want to make sure that you surround yourself with good people, people that challenge you. if you can, every day of your life and everything that you are part of. So as we wind down to the third and last P, the pursuit of your passion. One of the reasons why I've watched you and and admired you for so long is because you epitomize what it really means to be a power player. So too many people, you know, we've all read Covey, begin with the end in mind and my mind that creates a limiting belief because it's all about a destination and once you achieve that destination people you know kind of pat themselves on the back and said i did it and i'm going to lose 22 pounds and then they gain 30 pounds back celebrating they've lost 22 pounds (laughs) so it would have been easily easy for you to say i'm world champion i'm the greatest olympian in winter sports history i don't have to do anything else i can just kick back and live off of my laurels but oh no now you decide that you're gonna be a cyclist oh no now let's let's go to medical school yeah so the third p is how do you remain motivated to keep pursuing your passion because what you're teaching me is kind of what i've learned from some of the other a-list interviews eric and that is that speed skating and cycling and medical school school only became a vehicle for you to pursue this amazing, relentless pursuit of, of personal excellence. So yeah. teach us about how do you continually become and maintain and sustain yourself as a power player? It's unbelievable. I, yeah, I, you're right. I think one of the things that I try to live by is, you know, that carpe diem thing, bring seize the day, um, try to, to pursue excellence in the, the things that you do, which, I think probably drives, you know, some of the people I hang out with crazy, you know. Um, I have a hard time accepting second best. So, yeah, I have this sort of passionate pursuit to find out what my limitations are. I want to know how good of a doctor can I be, and I'm going to study hard because I want to try to be the best that I could possibly be. Now, I might not be as good as some guy but you know what i'm going to know that this is my limit because i have challenged myself um as best i can it was the same thing with uh the cycling and the skating uh i wanted to identify what my limits were and it was that pursuit of excellence that i think you know if you talk with i see a lot of the elite guys when they when you talk about pursuit of excellence and if you ask them, you know, have you ever had a perfect shoot competition, a perfect race? 
I think the guys who are successful or, you know, passionate about finding out about excellence will tell you they have never had a perfect shot playing golf, never had a perfect shot playing basketball. Michael Jordan would probably tell you he never played the perfect game. And those are the guys that I think really we we would like to emulate and look at as, uh, you know, these power players that you talked about. Hey, my friend, I appreciate that. Let's just wind down. I've asked every one of my guests <clears throat> a key kind of hot seat question. I refer to Professor Randy Pausch. He was the one that coined the speech, the title, Last Lecture. So here's the question, Eric. If you had one day to live, yeah, what's your one consolidated message to the world? And I want to tweak that a little bit. If you were going to take just this raw, talented young man or young woman, how would you train him or her up to be that superstar champion, the best version of themselves? And then in that process, morph that into whatever your last message is to the world that we can all, you know, kind of hold on to, to become a power player. Yeah. I think uh, I would say, um, be humble with your accomplishments. Um, and, in the end, it's uh, the most important thing is, you know, did you leave a mark in this world and did you make this place a better place? Would be my final word to say to people. You do that, and I think uh, you got a good chance of being a good person. Very, very cool. Well, you, uh, you have millions and millions of fans, and you've remained humble, as you say. Brother, I appreciate you so much. And again, I don't apologize for getting emotional at the beginning. I didn't know that was going to happen. But <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> you, but, but no, you've impacted the lives of so many who who don't even understand speed skating. Yeah. And it's because of your character and this this passionate preparation and pursuit of excellence and all that you do that inspires all of us. So I'm sure every listener on this podcast would give anything to be able to just shake your hand and look you in the eye and say, thank you for your inspiration. You make America so proud. And to see what you've done since the Olympics put you in a class by yourself as so many just, you know, live off of their past laurels and they've reached a plateau and said, that's enough. You know, I need a nap. And yet you roll out of bed every day and inspire us. So thank you so much. Is there a way that we could um, that we could support you? Anything, any causes that you want want us to know about, or uh, anything that you uh, you feel we could we could help you in in your family or whatever we could do? I mean, if uh, you, you know you or your uh, listeners, we have a uh, a foundation called Play Well, Play Safe, which is um, a foundation whose goal it is to teach kids how to participate in sports in a safe way, in a way that is going to be something that becomes sort of a passion for life it's called play well play safe and we can just get that on the internet play well play safe yeah i can find that on the internet you got it we got a website All right. yeah appreciate that. i appreciate it so ladies and gentlemen my guest has been the amazing olympic champion cycling champion world champion american hero Eric Hyden. and as i always close my friend so remember when you finally decide to be a power player Your power play begins in you. So until next time, as Eric Hyden so eloquently reminded us, 
quantify your takeaway and go make a power play. Thanks, Eric. You have a good one. You're welcome, Dan. See you. The views and opinions expressed on the Power Players podcast do not necessarily reflect those of KUTV or Sinclair Broadcast Group.